Welcome to the Tiny Plastic People podcast, the podcast about tiny plastic people. We paint them, we play with them, and we collect them to a point of financial instability. Sometimes, but hopefully not. My name is Tom. Today I'm joined by Drew. Good evening. And then also Joseph. Good evening. How are we both? You well? Yes, for the middle of the week. I'm doing well. I'm good to hear. Um, Today we're going to be touching on backgrounds, photography backgrounds, uh, hobby lightning bolts, and a bit of kill team. But before all that, Let's chat about what we've been up to. Uh, Joseph, you want to kick us off? What have we been? Uh, what have you been doing? Uh, yeah, so I finished. I actually finished something. I finished uh, a unit, a regiment. I don't know what it's called in, in Age of Sigmar anymore, but I still want to think of it as a regiment. A unit. The unit. unit. Yeah. Of of twenty grots stabbers, um, which is the biggest single thing I've painted because I've mostly been painting space marines before that. Um, and I started because in our Discord we're starting the the Secret Santa, and I realized I hadn't actually touched my Secret Santa gift from last year. I figured I should try to paint oh, wow. the nice thing I was given by other host of Pod James before the next round of Secret Santas comes <laughs> around. Yeah, yeah. So James sent me some uh, Inquisitor Twenty Eight weirdos for last year's mm. Secret Santa, and then when. Uh, it was announced on our Discord that the Secret Santa was starting up again. I was like, oh, I better do that. So that's what's currently on my desk. Oh, I see. Right, so you cleared the grot out to yeah. make way for the Secret Santa. Yeah. Ah, right, I see. I thought you were given the the the, the, the no, no, uh, no. very Christmassy gift of grot. But oh, I misunderstood. No, okay. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's a good progress. Nice when you finish something off. Yeah. Um, how about you, Drew? What have you been doing? Um... I've not been doing an awful lot. I've been in a bit of a, not a hobby motivation slump, but a not being happy with anything I produce slump. That does sound like a hobby motivation slump. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm doing stuff, but I just hate it all when I get near finished. Oh, no. And then, you know, put it to one side so it can glare at me. Um, I have been doing... Is this the, like your, your, is this like your, your uh, Dark Angels captain? Uh, yeah, a bit, lots of Dark Angel stuff, which is, um, I need to kind of have done for November so I can use them at an event. Um, but yeah, I'm just not that happy with how it's coming out. And, and also the thing with my Dark Angels, I gave them very fancy bases and it means that even when I get near to finishing something, there's then a very kind of complicated basing process that needs to happen and I can't be asked to do it at the moment. Um, is that the is that the Destiny IO yellow with blue pools? It is the Destiny IO yellow with blue pools. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and it's well, it added complexity at the very end. So oh, yeah, I've been sort of struggling with that, but I have been making some fifteen mil terrain and doing some sculpting for orc stuff, and I find terrain and sculpting much easier and much more relaxing. Maybe I don't know why. Um, Maybe because I don't have anyone to sort of compare myself against <laughs> when it comes to sculpting. I do try not to compare myself to people for painting, but it, it's quite hard not to. Whereas I'm not a very good sculptor. So you're so far, you know, away from working in the design studio at GW, it's not really a problem that you never have to worry about it. And I would say you're also a very good painter, but I mean, 
You'll have to take my word for it, I'm afraid. I'll t- take the compliment, but uh, <laughs> my, uh, my self-doubt tells me otherwise at the moment, unfortunately. But yes. Well, I think that captain is pretty good. It's uh, a lot of uh, 15 mil to, I don't know, 100 CE Britain as well. So that's the other thing I've been doing, making some... Is that, is that 15 mil terrain for the, for the ancient Roman Britain? Yes, yeah. It's now... Uh... No longer the tiny plastic people podcast. It's the tiny plastic people and even tinier metal people podcast. Oh, tiny metal ancient people. Yeah. Podcast. Tiny pewter. No, no, not finishing that sentence off because I was going to use a word which sociologists do not use anymore. Okay. Oh, wow. I, I got some very tiny pewter people. Small naked men in the post the other day. Oh, no, my. I have a, a tiny fifth... pewter <laughs> people. Just keep saying people. Tiny pewter people. Yeah. So you had some, you had some, uh, some, some uh, scantily clad lads. Well, they're not even scantily clad. They're just not clad. <laughs> Zero clad lads. Um, is that Zero sky cladding. clad? Is that what sky clad means? I think it is. I don't know. It's the next cladding scandal. It's no, <laughs> just no cladding scandal. Guys, great. Uh, I've not been up to very much at all. I just. Uh, Painted a bit of a kill team. We'll come to that in a bit later. But I painted some cultists. It was quite a um, uh, tra- difficult. They weren't very fun. Was that the GW official cultist bit? Yeah, it was. So it's the ones from Dark Vengeance, actually. Yeah, they put me off my Chaos Army too. Yeah. They're like, you know, they try to be interesting, but I don't know, are they? They're, they're, they're too detailed, actually. And the poses are slightly odd. They look like the sort of... I get this little one, like a shambling vibe, but like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I also undercoated them in a gloss black, Ooh. which was yeah. <laughs> it actually gave all the paints like a gloss shine to them. As it took so many coats to get rid of that. Mm. And mm. I, I'd attempted it before, got halfway and given up. And I came back to them. I gave them essentially denim clothing. <laughs> and that looks all right, actually, in the end. And they're, they're fine. They are fine. Oh. I have finished them, and they're out of the backlog. That's how I ended up with my cultists too. I, you're right; they're so detailed. They're they're kind mm. of terrible time sink models to be awful on the table. Yeah, to yeah. be complete garbage. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they 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 are good, but they they, they occupy that sort. Of, those sculpts occupy the sort of um, the mid era, not mid era, but like sort of semi modern era of I don't know, 2010s or something like that. Um, so they're, they're, they're quite good, but they're not, like, amazing. It's a good point about them being a middle thing, because they're also, they're monopose, but they're not mm. identical monopose, which is like, mm-hmm. look at second edition monopose, where it's just literally a hundred of the same grot. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, because I've converted them for other things, like I've made some more time models out of some of them, and it takes a lot of work to make them do anything other than hold an autogun. There, there is, there's a couple of uh, poses which are like mirrors of each other. It's quite mm. interesting. Like the 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 body stance is the same, the the weapon is different, but they're otherwise very similar. But I mean, you know, it's fine. They're done, and I can move on to the space marines, which was slightly more interesting. Similarly detailed, well, no, similarly detailed, but uh, a bit more. I don't know. They're a bit more. You can a bit more formulaic, so it's slightly easier to get through. The two of them sat on my desk at the moment. Uh, but yeah, so uh. Joseph, you, you wanted to talk about backgrounds and uh, photographs. Yeah. Um, so, as I said, I finished off a uh, a unit of brots. 
And I was thinking, right, I want to take some nice photos of these. And I was at my living room window and I am in a new apartment. And my new apartment has a communal garden. And I looked out and went, huh, there's a tree stump outside. That tree stump is surrounded by mushrooms. I can hmm. get access to this tree stump surrounded by mushrooms. And so I took out all 20 goblins in a little cardboard box and put them out as quickly as I could before my downstairs neighbor noticed what I was doing and asked, <laughs> what are you doing outside my window? I'd have to explain myself at five o'clock in the afternoon and be like, I, I'm, I swear it's not weird. But that didn't happen. Um, and I was able to get some, I think, rather fun little photos. Although I did promise someone I'd try to get a close-up of one model with some mushrooms, and the mushrooms have since collapsed under the weight of the rain. So I will oh, not dear. be able to get that. But I mean, presumably the grots didn't touch the mushrooms, right? They're not psychedelic grots now, are they? I mean, they, I'm not sure they're psychedelic mushrooms, unfortunately. They just look kind of beige. Um, the most boring psychedelia of all. But uh, I'm just thinking, you know, what tips do we have for not just like the actual physical process of taking a photo? Because I just used my camera, my phone camera, pointed it at them and let it do the focus and the lighting. I do not have any advice on that. But like, what do we have for making, what tips do we have for something cool in terms of the background? Have you two done that sort of thing as well? Or do you, are you solid fans of the color, you know, black and or white background and or the cool old, old hammer gradient? Is that your preferred style? Or do you like the, you know, on a little display? So I like to use the uh, I, I like the tried and trusted method of using the the, the game boards, right? So the half folded Warcry board or the half folded uh, Kill Team board or something like that. And I quite like that. I quite like the new uh, White Dwarf background. I'm going to use that in concert with a uh, with a background, and I think it'll be. I think that I think that'll work pretty well. I don't tend to. I've I've only just recently got a decent camera, so I'm going to try it again with that, and I think that might look alright. But that's served me pretty well previously. Um, going outside, I don't know. I think I feel I, I personally would be somewhat dissatisfied with the with the scale difference. I think I could, I think I would know, right, <laughs> that it was a small grot next to a massive mushroom. Mm-hmm. Unless maybe you could use some like uh, some kind of scale tricks or something like that, and that might be all right. Uh, what would you call it? Depth of field tricks and that sort of thing. Oh, like um, I don't know if that works shift. the other way actually. Yeah, yeah, to get to get make things look really big. Like as soon as I see a blade of grass, I'm like, oh, it's it'd be toy soldiers in grass rather than like warriors in giant forest, which is the vibe I really like. The best thing, actually, I think, is the halfway house of having it in scenery. Mm. Right. So if you have, if you have, personally, anyway, to put them in, to put them on some 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 custom built scenery because that's like, wow, it's a giant house, but it's only six inches tall, and then mm-hmm. you get that sort of fake scaling. I'm trying to think now. I've wanted to paint my own backdrop for a while um to, to match my dark angels with their sort of yellow bases i'd quite like to do a kind of bluey yellow mountain range but my well time and art skills have sort of failed me on that so maybe i need to wait until uw produce the one i want there's, and there's a bit of, you know there's a bit of uh, fun to be had maybe in finding the best destiny screenshot you could Yes. Of a, sky, of a bungee skybox. That's true. Maya. What I have done talking about terrain is I find the Zone Mortalis terrain that they produced recently for Necromunda mm. um, to be quite good for 
making little dioramas almost pose your models in um because you know not only are the individual blocks so you can you know stand your model where you want it to but because they're individual blocks you can actually set it up so you get light from different directions and things and you know you can i, I know a lot of people i've seen it certainly with the kind of the red background that GW provided that people have put red light on their models and things, which which does look cool in the background, but in some ways it doesn't sort of show the model off to its mm. best. You know, it's a nice picture rather than a good shot of the model. So I'd found mm. with this Necromunda, you know, with the zone metallic terrain, what you could do is you can have doors in a corridor and you could put red lighting coming through those for the sort of visual punch, and then um, the actual model itself is in white light. So you get this a full benefit of the color scheme there. Um, I think that's the closest I've come mm. to it, other than yeah, w- wanting to produce a nice painted backdrop for the models. The, 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 the sort of challenges behind miniature painting are quite well documented, right? There's there's various guides out there on how to take good pictures of your models, but the sort of the background and and the, the scenery around that is probably slightly less touched on and quite quite a challenge. Yes, um, yeah. I, I, an interesting one. I think there is someone who takes photos out of doors and does sort of artificial scale, and I can't remember who it is. Um, I want to say it's one of the Australian hobbyists that you see online quite a lot. Hmm. Um, I'm sure they do a fairly. They build like a sort of a, a small diorama to photograph, and then the background of the diorama is outside, and they've they've got quite hmm. good practice in setting that up to look. Um, like a low angle across diorama and then the behind is like a mountain range or a forest yeah 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 i was gonna say like they're not in it right so that that you have the model and then set back from them if x meters begins the outdoor terrain to give you a sort of like oh that's in the distance so you could messes with the scale a little bit yeah I'm, i'm remembering that now actually that looks quite good yeah interesting if I had a mountain range to backdrop against them, I might do that, but I don't. So, like, yeah, <laughs> I think it's the real broken fingers that who it is. Who does oh yeah, it. them. Oh, they're good. Yeah, yeah, that rings a bell. Couldn't place the stuff, but I wouldn't have taken necessarily my space marines out because you know I feel like you put space marines, or if you put most in any way, giant scare quote serious armies. In a, you know, even on dirt with mushrooms behind, it looks quite a lot like a child with their action figures, which it is. I'm just a thirty-something-year-old child, <laughs> an adult, and I paint my figures. own action figures. But still, but with goblins, yes, they are my little toys because they are my goblins. The lack of seriousness in goblins, that's inherent in goblins, I think, kind of balances out the. That's just again. That's just a, a leaf. Why is he on top of a giant leaf? Mm. Which, yeah, there are some, like, full-size uh, brown leaves underneath them. I did pluck up some seedlings that were getting in the way from beside the, tr- from beside the stump. Um, I figured it was too late in the year for the seedlings to actually be growing, so I don't feel bad about it. Um, uh, I think it's interesting that Games Workshop, because obviously they already sell models, paints, brushes, sculpting tools, sculpting material... Um, and so on, that now they're getting into, they're not selling, but they're providing tools to help you with your photography, which must mean mm. they're very aware that a big part of the hobby for many people is 
get that model up on Instagram, get that model model up on uh, Twitter, get the get that social media clout, as well yeah, they, as the get that painting competition or roll those dice. Well, they're going to benefit from that in the end, right? Like, wow, mm-hmm. doing the numbers, can oh, do yeah. the real, the big money numbers, right? It's the real numbers. So yeah, it sort of just makes sense to me. It's also a nice, yeah. But you're right, you're right in that they're sort of providing a way for people to engage on social media mm-hmm. in in another way. But also, I quite like taking pictures of cool pictures of my models. I'm I'm quite keen to do it with some of my more recent Space Marines and the uh, the kill team I mentioned. So, and Drew, you were you were hobby lightning bolts, hobby lightning bolts. What do you, what is that? I I I've been working on uh, orcs. Uh, best part of this year on and off as a sort of an army for ninth edition and i had quite a set theme for this this force and it was going to be sort of quite nautical piratey type orcs with a lot of sort of conversions and things in so so i was in a kind of conversiony mindset and then this is sort of what happened to me was i was like ah oh, i don't really like the the buggies that, that gw have brought out recently I, you know i don't have anything strongly against them but they're not to my tastes um, it's not the vibe you were after. Yeah, it's not certainly not the vibe I was after. And I was looking at doing some sort of things for it. And and actually, I, I'd kind of had this idea as well with some of the beast snagger stuff that's come out. Um, that they I think are interesting kits, but they aren't my vibe. Particularly the kind of kill rig and the whatever the kill rig with the psyker is on it. Um, mm. And I'd been thinking about this for a while, and then I was looking at old epic models forks and i was like oh it used to be a weird boy tower which was just a wizard's tower coming out in the middle of an old epic battle wagon now that is basically the same shape as a as the new kind of beast snagger psycho on a chariot but it's far more my taste and then i was like oh the buggies there's the little gob smashers they used to have they're good and that from this kind of very innocent thought i'm now thinking oh what if I made all the epic orc vehicles? <laughs> oh man! In what if it... in yeah, forty k scale, twenty eight mil. What about the uh, mega gargan? I'm waiting for that. I don't like the mega gargans. <laughs> it's like weird, isn't it? Like cone shaped thing. Yes, I'd like the gargans. The regular gargans were good. Uh, There's massive yeah. cannon genitals. Yeah, massive thick cannon, which is yeah, really just what you want. <laughs> um, Classic orc. Classic, yeah, <laughs> or classic, classic nineties. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's what sort of set me off. And this is what I'm thinking: is that, you know, have you ever had a, a lightning bolt strike you, and in quite an innocent way, you'd be like, "Oh, I could do this," and then that bolt of lightning crashes down, and you're like, "All I could do, all of this, and then a bit more, and then a bit more," you know, and, and suddenly. You're... A lightning bolt that ignites sparks of fire. Yes, yeah, that's it. Mm. I mean, I've had lightning bolts, but I'm so bad at actually following through them. I've just been like, <laughs> that's a cool idea. Oh, and then I'll get like five models in. I'm like, oh, there's another cool idea. Or I'll just <laughs> kind of get distracted by work or life or anything and they're still sitting like right now they're probably all sitting in one of two or three boxes in in a on a shelf because i've moved house and i haven't unpacked them i think yeah i was gonna say i think drew you're in quite a good position as somebody who seems to be able to uh stick mm. with a project because <laughs> uh i i similarly to joseph have lots of um 
lots of ideas of, wow, wouldn't that be good? And then I'd start it. And then, wow, that would also be good. And then start that instead. Uh, uh. So the, the lightning's striking, but it's, it's, it's not. The lightning's striking, but it's hitting, uh, it's hitting damp grass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, fun damp grass, you know. It's, you know, I have fun with that. Like, well, I don't know. It's not necessarily damp grass. It, it, it hits a particularly, it hits a patch of dry grass surrounded by a lake. But, I mean, you're Mr. Terrain, though, Tom. And you yes, I know. are, you know, buying all the, every, every yeah. single bit in the world, just yeah. making your own repository of old, yes. out of production Warhammer terrain. That's correct. What set that off? Was that... Oh man, that, that was yeah. That's you? a good point, actually. No, no, I think so. That was a bit of a, a lightning bolt. I like, I like the idea of terrain. And then I, I saw. I think it was. I can't remember what I was browsing. I think I saw like one. I think I got one sigma. I've talked about this before, so I won't point it too much. But I talked about the sigma uh, chapel. And I think I got one of them, and I was like, "This is insanely cool." When I got it, and then I started looking up like Mordheim, old. Old people's people's old Mordheim boards, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, actually, I've always had a thing for city fight games." So like, there's no reason you couldn't do this in AOS. Where is, where's my AOS city? And they're like, "Well, what I should buy is all the terrain and paint it up in AOS version in sort of like horrible, uh, dark, sad colors." And um, and I'm. I'm, I'm I'm trying to AOSify it, so that's a it's a little bit of a lightning bolt. It's not, I'm I'm trying to rein it in now because actually the fire is spreading out of control. <laughs> it's gone from a controlled burn to a wildfire, and now it's sort of taking up too much space. But the um, I'm trying to like you know like my head is running away with like wow, what if I took the old watchtower and put a penumbral engine on top of it? That's pretty that's pretty Age of Sigma. What if I get a a realm shaper engine and combine that with the uh, which not which Vator the Dreadstone Blight, that'd be good. Or, you know, just, just AOSing it all up. But the problem is, um, which I might as well mention now, is that basically I've got too much now. I'm not very good. I've, I've enjoyed collecting it, but now I have too much terrain. If it's, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I might have too much terrain. Um, so, like that's I say, that's where the risk of it, of it turning into a bit of a wildfire um, rather than a controlled burn. Because I don't have the capacity to actually utilize the fire to to make food or do anything useful with it just rampages and builds the shame pile Uh turns into a metaphorical ash but never mind i mean i've got you know actually that's not really that's not really true i've got like the the you know seraphon aligned uh cities of sigma uh i can't remember what sparked that fire but i think that was just um slapping some seraphon bits on some stormcast I think I was forced to do that. That was a bit like a lightning attractor. I was forced to do it because the Seraphon couldn't can't have any other allies other than Stormcast. But Stormcast can have loads of allies. Oh, right. that kind of forced. That's what I was. Mm. I was beginning to yeah. worry when you said you were forced to do it. it was- <laughs> <laughs> I was forced. I had no choice. Drew. The, you know, so I was like, you know, I put some Seraphon bits on some Stormcast. Oh, damn, that looks pretty cool, actually. What if? What if a whole city? was best mates, was BFFs with Seraphon. And now I have this Seraphon-aligned, subtly Seraphon-aligned Cities of Sigma. Mm-hmm. Um, and they share, but you know, my, my two armies, they can never be allied. Um, it's a forbidden love between those two armies. But they're, um, you know, they're the same colour schemes and all that sort of stuff. So that's mm-hmm. quite fun. 
that was a that was a nice controlled burn. It made way for new life in Gyron. With, with the space like the space marines I have is probably the largest army I've ever collected. It's still not very big, but it's the largest I've personally collected. And I think so. They're basically just a dark angel successor, but their armor is split diagonally. And like that's a tiny little thing. But I came up with the idea. I'm like, huh, that's cool. And then I painted one, and it did look cool. And it sustained me through multiple units now, and I think it will continue to sustain me as I actually do expand that army. And just like, I think if I were painting them in a in another scheme that didn't make me always go, that was a good idea. Whenever I look and go, diagonally split armor. That that was a good idea. I don't think I'd still be doing that. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to move on to something else now. But like, yeah. Did, did did you have that? Was that was that uh, was that spark ignited by something you'd seen, or did you purely just come up with that and go, bloody hell, that's good? I think it was literally looking up like games workshops existing, like tilting shield designs on like mm. gray knights and and space marines, and going, oh, diag- wait. Why are there? Because you get half split tilting shields, quarter split tilting shields. You get half mm-hmm. split space marines, quarter split space marines. Like, why no diagonal space marine? Because mm. huh. they're cowards. I could nobody's do that. done it before. Hmm? They're, they're they're cowards. That's the reason nobody's done <laughs> diagonally split. It took a, it Just... took a brave a brave person to come along and do it. What what are the two colors that they're, that they're split? Uh, upper upper. So from collarbone. Basically, to belt diagonally across, and then so the mm. shoulder pad on that side, the arm on that side, and the helmet is mm. dark green, and then everything below that and on down the other arm is bone white. So nice, simple, dark angels yeah. influenced colors. Yep, clearly done. What's their symbol? Uh, uh, a lion's head, or more usually, because it's a lot easier to do, the Leo astrological sign. So the little circle and loop. Oh. Because mm. I can just draw that on on a pen. Yeah. Rather yeah, than yeah. have to like either find or paint lions. Yeah. It's a lot mm-hmm. easier to just draw a Leo. That's quite What's a the net? freehand commitment, painting a lion's head on every shoulder pad. I think that's a good choice. Not doing that. To, uh, Ugh. Are there not any transfers for like the um, celestial lions? There probably are, but. I've not. I've never learned to do transfers, and I feel yeah, me at this point in my life, do I want to? I probably could, yeah. but do I want to? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. What's the name of the chapter? Lions Viridian, the Green Lion, nice. basically. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty oh, cool. Very well, but and of course, there's loads and loads of Stormcast parts you can just steal to get them fancier, more ornate armor. There's another bonus there, mm. yeah. which I guess is kind of like what you're saying, uh, Tom, about you know, oh. Conveniently, most of these Age of Sigmar terrain pieces are still in the same rough scale and the same rough overlap of footprint as some of the late Warhammer fantasy stuff. One can probably be plonked on top of the other with a bit of budging and plastic glue. Yeah, for sure. I know you said the, the, the fortified house is way too small for any Stormcast, though. Yes, they, yeah, it, the door of that comes up to the uh, nipples. So, like, you know, you're going to have to stoop to get in. They probably yeah. manage it. We'll probably just walk through the door, frankly. But um, it's, for, it's for the, let's say it's for the uh, Cities of Sigmar rather than the, uh, the Stormcast Eternals. Yeah, definitely. 
maybe for a crusade or something. One of the new, what are they called? Dawnbringer Crusade? More yeah, aligned with that. that. Oh, yeah. Than the, uh, yeah. than the God King's Palace, shall we say. Well, I, uh, I play some Kill Team. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either of you had a chance to play it yet. No, do you want to... I mean, I've seen a bit of stuff on the internet, but, mm. but nothing properly, no games played. So do you want to give us a bit of background on mm. Kill Team and then... On Kill Team. So, uh, if you want to know, Kill Team is the uh, small skirmish-sized uh, game set in Warhammer 40,000 Universe using the mod what you already got. Um... There was a version where there's been oh good grief, there's actually been a bunch, a whole bunch of versions going back many years. But the one we're talking about really is where there was one released, I think, in sort of twenty, let's say seventeen ish, something like that. There was a version released that was uh, I enjoyed it, but it was not huge. Uh, I say it wasn't huge. Actually, that's that's probably a lie. It was. I think it was actually quite big, and they did a lot of kits for it. But it was not uh, necessarily the most balanced thing in the world. And it had its, you know, had its ups and downs. They've um, they've rescaled it now, so now there's a, a new new kill team which came out. Uh, I want to say earlier this year. It was and September, it was, only... was it? Early September, August. Time? Right, yeah. Oh, blind me. So I'm saying this year is a matter of months ago. Um, with kill team Octarius box set, and there was quick, quite a quick turnaround. So suddenly saying uh, there's a new kill team coming. Oh, by the way, here it is. Um, and that came with some new uh, Death Corps of Krieg and some new Orc Commandos, um, which are all very cool models. That's how um, I was timing when it had been released. And, uh, <laughs> I had got those Orc Commandos off other Podder Rich. Yeah, yeah, they're they're very good. It came with a nice, uh, cool terrain set and all the rest. But it's um, it's basically very clearly been uh, so. So the the new kill team from a few years ago was released and it was basically a cut down version of the 40k rule set with a little bit added on uh and it was fine but you know that is a rule set that's designed for giant battles with all your toys on the table and it eh, did it scale down eh, maybe no it's kind of not really in the meantime since that they they released a or, or around a similar time they released the AOS sort of similar th- kind of thing called Warcry, which did not use the AOS rules uh, at all, um, really, apart from the concept of um, wounds and movement and inches and that. So it has that, it has that background, but otherwise it just basically threw it away and started again and gave things much bigger numbers of wounds, like more attacks, slightly more involved things. Had a, a really interesting story uh, campaign pain mode which has been picked up by now i think all the well the four major games of um games workshop and they uh, whereby you sort of embark on a on a quest and a storyline and it can interact with other people's quests and storylines but it isn't dependent on them so you progress at your own pace in a balanced moderately balanced way whilst everybody does the same and you all tell a nice story together that's since been woven into 40k in the form of uh, Crusade, Crusade, uh, AOS in Path of Glory, and now uh, Kill Team with Spec Ops, Tactical, the latest, um, 
but basically that is and they've done a similar thing like they did with Warcry so now it's a much smaller number of units than it even was before um, models have a lot more wounds uh, they've taken they've, they've sort of abandoned all well most of the idea of it being anything to do with um, the 40k rule set at all bin that off taken all the best bits from Warcry taken a little bit of inspiration from uh, Warhammer Underworlds weirdly mixed it all together to create something that's cool just really good and fun. I mean, I'm saying this as somebody who enjoyed the previous kill team, which not everybody did. But mm-hmm. I have played a couple of games with the new kill team, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it's quite swingy, um, but and it's not that balanced. We played it in uh, Spec Ops mode, which, like I say, is the, is the storyline, personal story-driven one. So it's not, it's not designed to be balanced, but it's not designed to be wildly imbalanced, shall we say. So you have, you, you know, you... You get you get some items which are which make your guys slightly better, but nothing shouldn't it be anything game breaking. You you can still both have a good fun time. Um, so I played against uh, other player JD and his Death Core of Krieg. Um, and I used my Space Marine cultists. So in in this army, for example, you get I think it's six or eight cultists and three Chaos Space Marines. Uh, in the um, Death Corps list is, I think, 11 or 12 uh, Imperial Guardsmen. And um, they're all... It, it, this is the... So, so the Imperial Guardsmen kit is the one which comes in the, in the big box set. So they're, they're technically all veteran Guardsmen. And each one is special in his own way. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just really nice. Um, they've got... So they've made some really interesting choices. So they got rid of... Um, range just generally mm-hmm. for guns everything can shoot f- forever if you can see it you can shoot it apart from and the exception is pistols which are short range and maybe you know the odd other thing but gen but generally if you've got a gun it can shoot as far as you can see and that just makes sense because you're playing on a small board it doesn't make sense that a giant rifle can only shoot 12 inches which is only like 10 dudes lying down long doesn't make any sense um so that's that's good. Your the the attacks thing, is, you know, when you attack somebody, you just roll a load of dice and you have successes and critical successes, which is like what they took from uh, Underworlds. And you need critical defense to to counter critical attacks. Mm-hmm. And critical attacks do something special. Um, yeah, and it, it, it all makes for quite a swingy game. Like we had uh, JD's army has a, a a sniper, and he uh, he couldn't be hit. Um, because he's sneaky and his gun keeps him is silent, so he keeps him sneaky. And he was picking off dudes left, right, and center, 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 until uh, my champion ran up and chopped him in half, which felt very thematic and was good. Um, I should say full disclosure: I did win both my games, but they, you know they, I felt they were reasonably tight um, and you know hard fought. Uh, I tell you, actually, no, that's not true. The second <laughs> the second game was a thematic game. We using the spec ops rules and his poor 12 guardsmen had to get through a wedge of uh, six space marines this played out uh, similarly as it would in a novel in which they did not manage to they, did they not all manage. died no they all died I think actually we, ca- we said in the end uh, two would run away uh, because otherwise they would have died but we decided we, that they didn't have to die and that they could actually just run away and that would make far more sense and for those, I brought my, uh, I brought a few unpainted, unpainted space marines because I have to do some. Uh, after the first game, there was a bit of admin and upkeep, 
Uh, so yeah, there was. Um, so that, yeah, it was just good. I'm looking forward to playing a lot more of it. Um, I know JD wants to do a, a, a bigger deep dive uh, into it from with some other people who've played it because I've, like I said, I've only played two games, so I don't have like wild opinions. But um, I'm looking forward to playing more. I played the previous version, and I certainly enjoyed the games I had of it. I wasn't going to say that it, you know, it wasn't an exciting system, but mm. you know, I, I I played games. It was good for getting people back into the hobby, certainly. Um, and I think I definitely played. Might have been my third Ed Tyranids, and they were the newest models on the table, between some. Rogue Trader, Eldar, and some very early second edition Chaos Warriors, um, or Chaos Marines, sorry. Um, mm. And it was, you know, for people who have some models left kicking around in a drawer rather than necessarily a whole army, it was definitely good for, for that. Um, I haven't had much interest in getting the new one. Um, and this is with you know collecting orcs, so the terrain and the models, you know, would would have another use for me. I just ended up getting those separately, like I'd said. Um, and then the box itself, no, I didn't really fancy it. But then I have got this thing where I, I try and limit the number of games I play purely to, you know, keep a lid on the number of projects I've got on at the moment or on at any particular time. Yeah, I I I feel the same way. So I didn't I didn't buy the start kit. Whatever what I bought for it is the rule book and that mm-hmm. only. Um, cause, because it's you know it, it it comes with terrain and it is quite cool terrain, uh, orc themed terrain. But I'm I'm not really interested in 40k terrain, and I, you know I feel like I could make a decent. To be honest, you could make a sort of feudal world thing with the with the warcry terrain that I've got, and that'd be absolutely fine, really. Um, and. I just, you know, I was literally able to play it with the with models that I already had. Um, so that's my that's where I'm looking at it because I don't, I'm not sure I have the interest to play giant forty k games anymore. But the idea of using small numbers of my favorite models mm-hmm. to tell a nice, fun story and maybe even have some sort of, sort of like campaign based uh, progression that's super appealing. <laughs> Yes, I mean maybe then I'm getting that from Crusade because I've played mm. quite a lot of Crusade recently. Um, and if you ask me why I like Crusade, you know what you've just said there is what I would say that it's it's not a huge. I mean it can be up to whatever size you want, but uh, you know typically we're trying to get you know if, if I get some mates around, we try and get a couple of games in in an afternoon rather than you know one big game. Mm. Um, and yeah, maybe yeah. that's scratching that itch for me, um, and that's why I'm not that that interested in Kill Team. I mean, I, I was gonna say I haven't really played Crusade, or, or I don't really know that much about it. Um, I can say that what I, what I like about the sort of uh, the campaigny side of Kill Team is you know you can there's a lot of items to pick from that faction specific items, and then also generic ones and that sort of stuff when you when you win a battle. You've also got this concept of being like you've got like a forward operating base or something where your spec ops guys are like striking out from and you can upgrade your base and that thing. And I think there's similar stuff with territories and things in, in Crusade and Path to Glory. Um, and I'm really enjoying that. Or I really enjoyed what a little bit of that I did. That was really good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of like coming up with a background and what, 
what you have. So like for example, my my cultists. You give them. You have, well, you don't have to, right? But you can give your your fighters names. So my cultists don't have names. They have numbers because they are, uh, they are not worthy of names. But as soon as they sort of uh, promoted enough, it may be a couple of promotions. I might give them their name back, and that'd be quite fun. And then and when they die, like it actually, <laughs> so I had a, the the mission we played was to uh, plant explosive melter charges on a vital asset of the Death Corps of Krieg. And uh, two of my cultists f- f- flung themselves at this thing to to chuck melter charges onto it. Did successfully blow it up, but they were both more not mortally wounded, but severely injured in the process. I think they were they sort of in the game they died, and then we rolled injury rolls afterwards, and I rolled ones. So one of them is concussed, and the other one has a permanent weakness, which is great for two melee guys. One of them is uh, suffers on all his melee attacks, and the other one suffers. Oh, I think the other one suffers a shooting attack. That's what you get for following chaos. And... That's what you get for following <laughs> chaos, and then just running blindly into uh, Lasgun fire with melter charges to attempt to blow yourself up with them. That's very opening text of Rogue Trader, though, isn't it? You know, this is a big galaxy, and whatever happens, you will not be missed. Yeah. Sorry, dude. Yeah. You did something heroic, and no one will remember you. Yeah. Oh, I like my my uh, my heavy bolter guy. I think he shot a few. My heavy bolter uh, space marine shot a few people and then got his head clean shot off by the sniper or somebody else, um, which made sense because he would. And then, mm-hmm. like I say, my uh, my my uh, aspiring champion did not take super kindly to that. Uh, so there's another interesting thing. So the movement has been reduced to symbols. This has been uh, widely derided actually because it is a bit stupid. They've changed all movement into increments of of multiples of inches, described by the triangle, circle, square, and hexagon symbol, which which correlate to something like one, two, three, and five inches or something. Mm-hmm. And everybody moves like inc- the default is that you move increments of circle, right? So everybody moves like you can move like three circle. But what that means? It's actually it's actually completely fine, and is that. I think actually quite a good system. It means I'm not like measuring round corners because you're moving up to a straight line. Right? If you have to make a 180 mm-hmm. turn, it doesn't matter how far it is. That's like one, two, three. You go out a little bit, left a little bit, back a bit. Mm-hmm. And it actually just a lot simpler. So like when I was working out, oh, can he technically climb up this bit? Well, I tell you what, put the three circle, if put the put the little measuring stick down. Is that is he within that? Yeah, he is. Okay, it's fine. You can do that. Rather than like, oh, you know, oh, I was going to measure half an inch around this corner and then half an inch back around again. Ah, it's not that. It's far easier. It, and, and they aren't numbers, but nothing is in numbers. So actually, it, it's a bit like, why well, do you just call it two inches instead of calling it a triangle? Well, that's because the entire game is built around these symbols and you have a piece of plastic which has the symbols on it. Mm-hmm. It's very simple, mm-hmm. actually, because it just says, go circle. And you just hold the thing to it. You go, is it circle away? No. All right then, it's fine. Do something else then. Do yeah. something else, or you can go an extra square. Okay, just move an extra square. I don't know how far that is. It doesn't matter because the the, the concept of distances and like micro measurement in the game is sort of eliminated by the measurement tool they give you. It's quite nice. It makes it for a little bit. I say you're, you're less worrying about the the minutia. You're less worrying. Oh, you know, having to get a. There's no. There's no possibility. Of like dragging out, a, well, there is a possibility, but there's no like uh, impetus to get a measuring tape out and measure like, oh, is it two inches or is it two point one? Uh, mm-hmm. 
because you can put the bloody tool between them and go, yeah, it's far enough, or no, it's not far enough, and that's it. So, you know, it's been heavily uh, ripped on, but actually, I think it's pretty good, and I have found zero problems with it at all. Um, I could understand maybe if there were like long distances and stuff for guns, but like I said, the guns are infinite range. You got a big bolt gun, it shoots everybody. You got a last yeah. gun, it shoots everybody. Mm. It, it seemed interesting to me when I saw it. It just looked elegant as a solution. Um, yeah. Well, it's like I say, a lot of people take the, take the piss out of it because it does. I, I, and I agree. I think it did look stupid. I was like, why is it, mate? What? Why are you doing that? But in reality, it plays really well and it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah it's, it's definitely one of those things where it sounds bad if you're thinking that you're going to use it the same way you use a tape measure. But you're not using it because a yeah, tape measure, exactly. you'd have to go like, oh, well, I want to go six inches, but in a curve around this corner. Mm-hmm. So I need to figure out what's the curved six inch distance. Like, no, you do a straight line of this much, then of this much, then yeah. of this much. If you end up where you wanted to go, great. If you didn't, sorry, yeah. my dude. Tough. But equally, the guns, it's like, am I in range? Yes. Yes. Well, but I am but in range. no, no, you are. It's a gun. It goes yeah. far. <laughs> yeah, it's a gun that dude is like two hundred meters from you. It will definitely hit him if if you uh, if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that partially a presentation thing? Do you think? Because Star Wars Legion had something similar. Mm. Oh, it really? Just didn't have a symbol. I, you know, it was it just had a a fixed kind of counter thing. I think. Um, huh. Yeah, very similar to X Wing. Oh right, um, yeah. Okay, so so that old sort of template thing. Yeah, it's um. And I just wonder, I don't remember anyone having an issue with that, but mm. what, maybe it's just mm. the sort of perception. Yeah, I think it is because it, because the rest of the games are heavily measurement-based, right? They're very mm-hmm. fine. It's one of the, it's one of my few gripes about the game systems that they, they you know, at their core, they're, they're about very specific distances. Um, well. And, mm. you know, <laughs> well, to me, when I, when I play them, you know, I... I to me, like, you know, the point one of an inch makes a difference as to whether somebody's in range or not, like, mm-hmm. not whether that fits with the game or not, I don't know. But anyway, it sort of removes a lot of that. Anyway, so, and, and I, I just enjoy that. It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the only thing that, so my only minor gripe about it was the, uh, the cover rules. So we played it the way we thought made sense, but I'm not sure the way we thought made sense is the way that's actually the rules. So there's right, yeah. cuz there's like two different levels of it. it's like oh it's in cover or it's obscured and all this and oh technically because of this it means he's this not that and my wife if he's next to the cover and I can't fully see him he's in cover yeah if he's not in, next to the cover but he, I also can't fully see him then he's obscured I could do with that level of introduction but when I tried to read up on it it leapt into here are tw- <laughs> here are 18 Specific examples where it is in cover but not in cover, and this one is in cover but only on a Tuesday, and then this one is in is obscured but not in cover, but also he uh, was in cover. But then, you know, and like, just give me the intro. I want to. I want to know what's the what's the elevator pitch for this for this cover system. And I didn't. I you didn't wanted, get that yet. You want it to be least like the confrontation or inquisitor style thing, where you have to declare for each model: are they crouching, lying down, leaning? Well, yeah, well, okay, actually, you know what? You bring up a really interesting point because it does do that. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it does, kind of. It does. It has this really interesting thing of, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's called, like, orders or something. And they, people are either concealed or shooting. I can't remember. This is okay. the wrong terms. Is the wrong terms. They're either hiding or they're not. 
If they're not hiding, they can shoot. But if they're hiding, if they're in cover, you can't see them. You, you just cannot shoot them. So yeah, like, uh, so if they're, if they're hiding behind a barricade, but you can, and they're half obscured, but they're hiding, you cannot see them. But the, the downside is they can't shoot. Okay. So you can like move up between cover whilst you're hiding, but they can't shoot and you can't shoot them. Unless you have like a, it's quite elegant because it's like, if they're in cover, you can't shoot them. If you can clearly see them, then yes, of course you can shoot them. Yeah. So like it like takes the cover like up a notch. Yeah, um, I mean Necromunder has similar, so it is something mm-hmm. that's got pedigree in mm. the sort of Games Workshop world, yeah, sure. I suppose. Yeah. But this is so this has just two some weird ones. Yeah, I bet. So it's not. It's 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 got a nice middle ground, right? So it's got this either, yeah, like engaged or something, and and then mm. uh, and and then not or, or hiding or concealed or something like that. But then the interesting thing is that they hold that into the next round. There's only four rounds, so you hold what your last order was into the next round, and when you activate that person, they can then change it. Mm-hmm. So if you had somebody who was hiding in the last round, right, and in this round you're gonna want them to shoot, they'll start off in hiding. So it means until you activate them, they're still hiding and they still can't be shot until you say, actually, now you pop your head up and you start shooting, and then at that from from that point onwards, they can be then shot because you've changed their order to be engaged. And that's really smart. I really like that. If you can pick and then pick and then so pick and choose your moments, like all right, this guy's been hiding. He's hiding. He's going to hold out a little bit longer. All of his friends are getting shot, but you know I've got to keep him hidden until the last moment to try and get the enemy exposed. And then I'm going to flip him out, and he's going to go engaged and go charging in. And that was really fun. And once, and I think that was something we worked out. I worked out with with JD, and because they, they were doing it previously, that you would you would assign it at the beginning of the round, and that has you know that's a that's a. A different game but this is quite nice because it, and it makes sense that they they retain what they were doing so similarly you know if somebody had been shooting in the past round now you want them to hide you better it better be the first thing you do that round right because otherwise they're exposed until you suddenly say they're not mm-hmm. and that was really nice i really enjoyed that um yeah i, I enjoyed my, i i'm looking forward to playing a lot more of it um i like that engaged concealed idea a lot mm. because like it is always the awkward thing with, especially any time with, like, with narrative stuff of like, so like I said, so I remember third edition had some, I think they were really just white dwarf rules. I don't think they ever had a rule book release, but it was like rules for patrols for like asymmetrical battles where you like, you'd have 12 specialists against like a thousand point army. Yeah. And one of the I ways you'd have specialists. White dwarf. Yeah. And thing. like, yeah. And like, you couldn't be seen until, or you had like the night fighting rules where you could, you know, 12 inches plus some amount, which you would roll each turn and stuff like that. And like, it never really worked that well, is the impression I got. But like, this idea, you like, you seem to think it works well. And like, yeah, it gets around the thing of like, my heroic sergeant is not going to be heroic when he's actively hiding behind a barricade. He's going to sit down and put mm-hmm. his sword away. Mm-hmm. He's not always going, aha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or is he? It, and it lets them do that. And you can, you can. It doesn't completely like you know stop them from doing anything. You can still move around. And they can still take other actions. They just can't shoot stuff and charge mm-hmm. things because they're hiding essentially. And it just, it's just a neat thing. You're either hiding or you're not. If you're hiding, you can't be shot, but you can't shoot people. If you're not hiding, you can be shot, but you can shoot people. And flipping between those, that and it's a nice, a nice ordering thing there that that that, that has that play up. So, for example, like the uh, you know every time your guy was hiding. If there was any, if there's a particular enemy you want to shoot, but last time he was hiding, well, now what do I do? Do I try and, like, tempt him out to come and, like, shoot somebody so that I can then shoot him back? 
then I have to think about what order do I activate my guys to draw him out. Mm. Do I draw him out with a hidden guy, maybe? So he like tries to run around and flank them so that they can be shot. If I do that, I have to make sure my good guy is, you know, maybe my maybe my best shooting guy. Like I had this issue with my, my heavy bot guy. Like I wanted him to kill people, but he had like one life left. So if he shot anybody, they will die. But if anybody shoots him, he will also die. So I don't... If I if I make him wait, I'm going to have a problem. If I send him to ground hiding, he's not going to be able to shoot anybody. Like, ugh. But these, like, these are decisions. They, they, they're, they're, really them- they're quite thematic, and they make sense as well. They're quite intuitive. Can you flank round to break someone's hiding? Like, you said they, yes. they're hiding if they're... Yeah, so, like, yeah. if you come round the corner and they're like, ah, you're not hidden anymore. Yeah, so so if you can, like, half-see the model, you know, like, the, so the idea of the model... Uh, there is a barricade between you and the model, and the model is next to the barricade. He's hiding behind it. You cannot see him. If you go with the other side, you could just fully see the model. Yeah. Your model can fully see that model. It's not hidden anymore. Yeah, that's good, because that also gives advantage to good maneuvering of your models mm-hmm. and also taking advantage of the opponent's mistakes, basically, and going, oh, I forgot that you could just put your guy there and now you've got line of yeah. sight of my guy. There's an interesting thing with, with height as well. If you're, if you're hidden on the ground level, but you can see them from above, you can, you can see them, but they get like an extra benefit of being like extra hidden. So they're, they're, they're in cover with, a, with some bonus. But you can see them if they're trying to hide and you're above them. Which again, like, yeah, okay. There's these, like, they call them vantage points. So they've got, they've got a special, like, a keyword, if you like. But again, it, it's all just quite intuitive, really. And you're like, because it, no, uh, most of the time you're playing this and thinking, well, you know, if this were real, this stupid phrase, if this were real, like, I feel like you should be able to see it. And well, I'll tell you what, the rules say probably can. Yeah. It just makes sense. It just makes sense the way it's implemented. I'm, 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 I'm quite impressed by it. I'm quite, quite looking forward to playing more of it. Um, I recommend it. I think it's much improved over the last one, and I did enjoy the last one. And I think I enjoy this one a lot more. I'm probably going to bring it to um, if we, if I come along to the community meetup in November, then I will I'll bring it there and expect to play a lot of it. And I would I would think I would much rather play that than 40k at the moment, mm-hmm. where I'm at. It, it does sound like it's added quite a lot game wise and things um mm. i think you know for me it's always a good sign where you you have choices to make and i find a lot of the games that i don't get on with the ones where you feel like you know the the obviously the best choice is you know the one you always take and there's not much mm. else going on there um, yeah i certainly i mean i only two games but at no point was i ever like this is something i obviously have to do like pushing so for example the sniper guy i keep going on about he was hidden and on a vantage point, so I can't get above him because there's nowhere higher. He's hidden and he stays hidden because he's a sniper. There was no way, it's not possible to shoot him unless I go behind him to fully see him. He was at the back of the map, so I can't do that either. So you'd have to hide from him or get up really close in person or chop him in half with a big chain axe. And that was a good, it, you know, it took me a turn to realize that, like, I can't just stand here and take this. I have to do something about it and go and get him. And that was, that was really good fun. I was going to say, I have a, a bonus question. Mm. And I said I've been playing Orcs quite a lot recently. And I, I've had a sort of weird feeling with them. And I never used to play Orcs. Um, I was all bought bit by an Orc bug at the start of the year. A squig. Um, a squig, yeah. And playing them at the moment, they've obviously just got a new codex. They They feel very weird. And I... And this is in Crusade as well, and Crusade obviously doesn't necessarily have the same balance, perhaps, as 
main 40k if that's the way to describe it um but i found in my most recent games which were against sort of dark eldar that i was outnumbered as orcs and i kind of felt like i was losing from turn two which you know as as dark eldar are one of the kind of current competitive boogeymen maybe isn't mm. a surprise but i ended up kind of it being quite a kind of tense game um and we ended up drawing but the the way the game played out and this is how other games have played out as well is that you your movement with orcs because they're so fragile but they hit like a freight train it's so cagey you're, you're very careful with them so this the dark eldar kind of were controlling the field and you know in other factions i've played are similar whereas the orcs are dancing between cover before you know being very very careful with movement to make sure that they can't be charged and they can get charges off in their next turn um it just felt peculiar for the faction that should be you know narratively speaking or thematically speaking the the one that is you know hordes of people charging across the battlefield do you do you think that was the right choice in uh skirting between cover and and being careful with that and not just sprinting forward full pelt do you think you would have like been utterly obliterated yes yeah i mean dark elder i think beast snaggers are 11 points per model and cabalite warriors are 11 points per model and cabalite warriors have got a very good shooting attack um Mm. i mean they've got poisoned weapons so they're ignoring the toughness that all the new orcs have got um and orcs basically have no armor so you know your imparity model for model wise and dark elder probably are you know apart from the lacking the strength in combat to actually hurt you they've got as good weapon skill and they've got much better armor than you as orcs and they cost the same so you know you really were having to stack things up against them to make the thing count now i'm not sure what you know there's, there's two things to talk about one here is you know how orcs themselves are performing but the other one is you know do other people find that sometimes the faction you're playing or the faction you're playing against doesn't really follow its narrative in how the rules are set out you know and there's obviously levels to that because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day space marines are supposed to be able to kill a thousand normal troopers and yeah that doesn't happen um yeah definitely i think that's quite a common thing it's a um Mm. like it's not 40k, but my, you know, most of my experience with in AOS is with Seraphon, and they suffer massively with that with uh, Saurus-based armies. So these are meant to be legions of hulking great dinosaurs that like smash into enemy ranks and beat you know giant T Rexes stomping through the field eating stuff. It just, it just doesn't happen because they're garbage. <laughs> like, it's just not. It's just they'll just die in droves. Similar, but similarly to a what is a bit of a shooting meta is this. My first thought, I don't know if it's true, is is this, is that just a problem with games with guns where you don't have as many guns and you want to hit... It's a bit of the drive me closer so I can hit them with, with my sword. I don't, you don't know. have a cannon. I, I've played against orcs quite a lot and they always felt, you know, I, I used to... I've, one of the reasons I ended up collecting orcs is that I've never had a bad game against orcs, if that makes sense. It's mm-hmm. always been a fun game. Mm. And it's always felt right. And it was, you know, massive mobs of 30 boys charging mm. across the table. And, you know, if you're playing Sororitas, which was my main 
or one of my main armies in eighth, you know, yeah, you've got a load of shooting and survival tasks, but it doesn't kick in until they're quite close. And then you're really desperately trying to take them out before they come into your lines. And then the, you know, you're really counting on your Overwatch to just weaken them enough to make them stand. Whereas, you know, which was which I think is the fantasy of the you know of of fighting against orcs. Was it was it the fact that it's Dark Elder then? Or Dark Elder? I mean, the fact you said they've got poison weapons that ignore the toughness of orcs. I feel like that's quite that's no, a bit like the. Uh, is that not the, the scissor to your paper? I mean, I've, I've had the same with other things, other different factions. You know, you are very careful. You know, you're staying in your transports a long mm. way. I mean, maybe I don't keep my finger on the competitive pulse, and maybe there are some sort of orc builds that avoid this. But you know, predominantly, almost every unit you've got in the orc army is about the same points and is one wound, and you know, either no armor save or next to no armor save. Did Did you find it dissatisfying? Is it a problem that needs to be solved? It wasn't the fantasy. When I actually got down to making it work and it became purely a you know a geometry problem at the end of the day, it was engaging because you are, like I say, you're measuring their position and then you're doing maths backwards to how fast they can move. Well Dark Elder, you know, particularly with Dark Elder, they can advance and charge. So that's based on their you know, you're really running the probabilities of where they can possibly get to and where you can get to. And like I say, my sort of it was turn two, I was in a very bad way, and then we got to turn five, and it's the only crusade game I've got to turn five, because it was just one war boss and one um, mob of beast snaggers, slowly, you know, beast snagger foot troops, slowly working around the table, ambushing individual Dark Eldar units, <laughs> avoiding them, and then moving on to the next one, you know, and that's, yeah, it's a fun game, but it... I don't know. It's like it, it's not. It's a being, commandos game. Not it's a commandos game. Boys yeah, game. you know, it's it's not. Mm. If you were playing kind of, I don't know, Colonel Strachan and some uh, Katachan raiders or something, yeah. sneaking around, cutting throats. Yeah, hell, that was what you'd be there for. But it wasn't. It wasn't the orc fantasy, which is you. Know, you don't need a save because there's you've got thirty mates. You know, in the, you know, uh, just over from you. So would that would that fix it if you had more models? Yeah, I mean, because I mean, do you are you what I'm I'm, what, I'm I don't really know what, where I'm going with it, but it is the point that you're sort of like so the fantasy was that it was too involved. You were having to be too careful. Sorry, not the fantasy. That the problem is that compared to the fantasy of it, you're having to be too sort of fastidious about measuring and that sort of thing. Where I you think feel it's... like you should just be able to lob hordes the mm. the opponent. Yeah, I mean, maybe that is it. Because I, I also have been playing Sororitas in ninth edition, and, mm. and they very much feel like their their strategy is the other way around. And you know, and this is it's not competitive play I'm doing. It's 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 crusade and it's friendly games. But Sororitas, because they're adaptable and because they're resilient, you don't need to think about what you're doing with them. You just chuck them forward, and then mm. you, because they can change their powers around and they've got a lot of abilities, they can just sort out whatever mess they've got themselves into, mm. and. And the orcs then, which are the kind of charging forward in the, you know, in the, in the sort of the story, are the ones that you're like, oh shit, these are, you know, they're so fragile, you have to be so careful with them. Hmm. Um, it, so it's just so either if they were, if they had a way of being slightly more resilient, or if there were slightly more of them. To the, I think it's... So they <laughs> resilience through numbers. It's the more is definitely the sort of the feeling I think you have mm. with, you know, it's the same with Tyranids and things. And you know, uh, you're saying about the Saurus in 
Age of Sigmar, again, it's, yeah, it's, it's how you feel the army should play versus, mm. and it's, yeah, yeah, like I say, just whether you people have come across it and yeah, whether it's a problem that needs fixing. I mean, no one's <laughs> in a position to do so, but. I, in terms of orcs particularly, I mean, I definitely remember, like, because I considered an orc army back in third edition, which is probably my catchphrase, and I never got around to getting one, but I had the orc codex and it had a little like a one-page how-to-play orcs article from Adrian Wood, who was the big orcs guy on the White Dwarf at the time. And his whole thing was, the best thing about orcs is that the best tactic is also the, is also the role-playing tactic. Put a bunch of boys on the field and push them forward. Mm. And, like, obviously... The the idea of the meta, the idea of the highly competitive army had not been fully developed in 3rd edition because it was 3rd edition. There wasn't the international community in the same way. The internet did not exist in the same way. But this was someone being paid by Games Workshop to say, best way to play orcs is to either run them forward or put them in a bunch of battle wagons and run those forward. Mm. Be an orc, shout loudly, and don't think about it too hard. Mm. But from what Drew's saying, that is 100% not how you're going to get any wins. Never mind like 50% wins, but just like any wins out of a modern Beast Nagas army. That's... Beast Nagas is supposed to be the ultimate version of that orc. The orc that's really just like, wow, lads, I don't need clothes. I have axes. Well, is that is that true versus, say, like Sororitas, who don't have the poisoned weapons and presumably be shooting hordes of orcs and actually not killing that many because their toughness... 48 or whatever they are now. Um, yes, less. I mean, I've certainly said I've played Sorotas versus Orcs a lot in 8th, and I found you you struggled, but you were killing them in droves. And I think, I mean, because, yeah, Sorotas don't have an awful lot of... I say that actually. No, they, they've still got. You know, the Sorotas Flamers are now hitting quite high strength because they've got extra points. They're over. They're higher than Space Marine Flamers. So yeah, you're you're still wounding highest toughness orcs on you know on what fours or threes, depending on what flamers you've got. And you know, okay, flamers are very close, but the orcs are going to have to be getting that close for you to do some, mm. do mm. them. Uh, and the other thing is, Sorotas have an option to sort of drop a lot of mortal wounds out on things, which mm. totally ignores toughness. What's it? What so? Who? What other armies have you played against with your ninth edition orcs? Uh, just a lot of game against Necrons, mm. who again are very shooty. Um, yeah. Mm. There. I mean, I, how was that fight? I find there they struggle against the characters. They can clearly wear your boys, but your characters there are very strong, mm. and uh, because. Uh, Orcs have options to do a lot more wounds on the charge and stuff, which is what kind of puts pays to Necrons because they can't mm-hmm. regenerate those wounds. Um, uh, okay. So there, there are I... certain advantages, but you certainly aren't, you know, you, that's, you're relying on your trucks in those games mm. um, to get you forward. I'm just wondering if, because, I mean, is it just the, that? It sounds like certainly in that, in that fantasy against the Dark Elder, it was not, uh, that was not really a good matchup. I'm just wondering if if that really if that holds true versus space marines and uh, the, all the different flavors of those tyranids, I think other 40k armies, and I'm probably I'm curious does to see. against anything that shoots 
you know, half yeah, decent. That's a lot of it. That's a lot of 40k though, right? Yeah. I mean, mm. against other Orcs or Tyranids, probably you'll just mash together in the middle <laughs> of the table. But Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's, I don't know if that's just an inherent problem of a, of a game with space guns. <laughs> I think, I mean, that's the thing. It's with numbers. I mean, that's how you'd always imagine a a classic Tyranid army is an awful lot of of Thermogaunts and things. You know, Mm. and it doesn't matter them dying because Mm. you've got others. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's, like I say, it's not necessarily Mm. a thing about fixing or it's it's just about, because I don't know, you know, if that's broken. It's just an odd disconnect between the fantasy of things. And I do wonder how much war games suffer from that. You know, if you're playing Undead, you want to have hordes of zombies and things, mm. really, to you know, to have that classic undead feel. Mm. And I'm sure there are ways of you know playing them that aren't classic, particularly now where they've got you know uh, faster units and things. Yeah, yeah. And some of the bigger vampire monsters. But you know, the the idea always with undead is that you've got this sort of a, a horde is kind mm. of linked in with that. Um, you know, in the same way with sort of Stormcast, you want an elite arm. You know, there's, each army has an attached style, you'd say, to it, really, that you know, it should feel mm. like that's how it works. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's variations with it. Because, um, like I say, one of the, certainly one of the bits that felt really weird was that my orcs just ran back inside a shed backwards to hide <laughs> for a turn. And I had an entire turn of just being like, well, that's my entire turn. And then yeah. they came out again. Um once mm. the sort of enemy had moved. And it's like, you know, if you're playing Mega Gargants or something in you know, Sons of Bermit in Age of Sigma, and you were like, well, my giants are going to hide in this shed. <laughs> or, you know, t- until something happens, it doesn't, yeah. feel, it doesn't feel like you're awkward. playing that army. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's quite a common thing. I think you may just be a bit unlucky if that's how they are uh, designed at the moment. I mean, are, what about other... What about other 40k, like, thematically close combat? Because you mentioned Tyranids, but what about, like, I don't know, World Eaters? So 40k World Eaters, presumably by the 41st millennium, and, like, I've read some of the current short stories. In the fiction, they are beyond the frothing berserkers they are at the end of 30k. They are nothing but sacks of furious blood in armor, well, in, throwing themselves. In, in Heresy, that is how they play. You know, in, in Heresy, they do play as massive mobs of uh, Legion inductees who are the sort of, you know, don't even know they're space marines, really. They're just mm. have some organs stuck in them and told them that, you know, here's a chain axe, off you go. Um, Let and, me surgery your brain first. Yeah, exactly. Here's some butcher's nails and all your problems will be solved by violence. I mean, I, I think in current 40k, it's probably not worth talking about them because it's uh, Chaos Space Marines in an awful place, and I imagine close combat Chaos Space Marines are in Being a, an even awful. Even it. yeah, exactly. Um, sad. I think I think there's always going to personally. I think there's always going to be conflict with close combat armies in 40k. It's my hot take. So I mean, eh, I was going to say it's a hot heresy. take. I'm not saying it's necessarily true, and it's probably not a very good opinion. <laughs> heresy is the other thing that I've been looking at and doing a lot of lately and that's mm. you know the okay everything is marines but yeah. they go to a lot of effort there of making sure that each force i think feels like the legion it's supposed to be each flavor of marine is is distinct yeah. and unique yeah and mm. i'm 
I don't know. It's interesting. I think it's just interesting. You know, it's, it's a game question, really, isn't it? Mm. It's like how mm. much do you pay homage to theme, and how much do you pay homage to it, just you know, coming up with some rules to push models around. In, in the ideal world, it's perfectly thematic, right? And you go, mm. yeah, wow, well, you just you send your order, but in there, I don't know. Maybe making it a game, it's maybe it's incompatible. I just you struggle to find a a system where that where that balance is is perfect, maybe. There's always going to be some some gamey element of it, right? Where you do the thing to win rather than the thing that makes sense in the game. Oh, well, I do the thing to lose. And... <laughs> All that, <yeah. laughs> Although, I, I mean, I almost didn't go back into the shed with the orcs, in which case I'd have just died because, <laughs> you know, they would have been shot to pieces. But uh... mm. I guess the problem there also is, like, the Dark Eldar player probably came away from that going, I had... In terms of my shooting, I had the perfectly thematic game. I zipped around and I poisoned a bunch of orcs. That's the Dark Eldar experience. That's what they call a Wednesday. Um, I suppose. I mean, th- their experience was they were in the Being jungle. Being sneaked up on by some orcs. Being sneaked yeah. up on by some orcs. Yeah, it was like they were individually having that, you know, you turn around and the patrol behind you's gone, but there's nothing there because, you know, you're using, you're attacking close combat and then you're using your consolidation moves to get into Back cover. In the shed. Back into the yeah, shed, exactly. The shed. And they're like, shit, where's Dave gone? It's just some yeah. blood puddles. It was, you know, it was this weird David asymmetric Thor. murder simulator. It's yeah. sort of... Dave Thorne. Yeah, that's, I guess that's not very... Uh, and I guess if they were orc commandos with a K, like, that would be thematic to that force. But again, you're right, because there's B-Snaggers who are supposed to be the most in-your-face, laddish, big, burly, covered in scar tissue orcs. Yeah, mm. and it's it's weird. I mean, like I say, particularly because you look at them and just go, the points are the same for those two models. It's like you were never going to outnumber them. No, um, it's weird. It's an odd, an odd thing. Um, I've never had it that strongly. I think that's why mm. it's sort of in my head at the moment. You know, there have been t- you know played Marines for most direct edition. The idea that Marines are a super soldier, you were just getting <laughs> hammered until you know until they got broken as. You know, yeah, I mean, maybe it was good. I actually thought about it earlier, like maybe that's this is this is just the uh, this is the everyday life for Marines players, right? Yeah, and I did force of one hundred Space Marines, like yeah. I mean that's yeah. I mean it never felt that bad. This is the first time I've ever had it feel mm. so acutely, and it, it was say it wasn't a bad game. It just wasn't the game I'd gone to play with that army i mean i even stopped playing sisters for a bit because i'm like oh sisters are a bit involved you've got to think <laughs> too much with them you know okay you can throw them forward and you have to sort your problems out but you have to remember a load of stratagems and a load of synergies so like, i'll play orcs the easy army <laughs> alternatively you could just not think about it you could just not and you'll lose a lot yeah <laughs> i mean you'll true. lose I mean, a lot like you won't have to do the thinking that you're worried about yeah it is because some armies do feel like they should be, if not just like easy mode for winning, at least easy mode for playing. Because there's a difference between those two things. Because like actually taking grots. Because the only game I've actually played to completion recently is with you, Tom, on Tabletop Simulator. Mm-hmm. And there are so many rules mm-hmm. that we did not use because I was not looking at my war scroll cards properly. Like mm-hmm. get plus one if there's more than 15 models in this unit. And like this feels like a lot to keep in the mind of a goblin. If I am supposed to be a goblin <laughs> commanding an army of goblins, this is too much to remember. Whereas Mangler Squigs feel perfect because it is roll the dice, 
What happens next? I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. Nobody knows until you roll the dice. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going to happen. They get worse, and then they get better. Stab us and shoot. Yeah. Stab us and shoot is, like, I love them because they're just a bunch of malicious little weirdos, but there definitely is an element of, like, they feel like if they were simpler to play, they'd be more thematic because they're just goblins. Mm. They're not Mm. supposed to be this weird. (laughs) Maybe Not in that way. Maybe. I... Maybe I'm misinterpreting goblins. Nurse can let me know if I'm misinterpreting <laughs> goblins. Hey, she goblins. is the goblin expert. All right, they're, they're of a noble heritage, the goblins. Mm. 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 I don't know if there's an answer. Sorry, Drew. Might just be no. stuck with them. I, I'm not sure. I, I think it's more just, yes, whether, whether other people have come across the same thing with yeah. different well, armies. Def- well, definitely. Yeah. Mm. I, I think everything's yeah, heard, always going to be on, on the scale, isn't it? Of Theme to army match. Theme to army yeah. match, yeah. And how constrained your overall system can be, because 40k has to include orcs and tyranids and dark eldar and space marines. Mm. But maybe the reason why world eaters work in 30k is the only weapons they're going to be facing are space marine weapons, which only are so effective against space marines. So you can get your legion inductees across the battlefield and start going, ha ha, salamanders. Have a bad day. Yes, yeah. I mean, there certainly is that. Um, wild question uh, of unsolvable balance, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Balance is, is definitely an illusion, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's easier to maintain it with a sort of a tight, constrained range of options. But then you are missing out on a whole bunch of cool themes, which, like, that's the thing that people outside of Horus Heresy often say. is like, oh, why can't I play orcs? Why can't I play the remnants of the Elder Empire? Why mm. can't I play? And the answer is no, because it's the Space Marine game. But... Yeah, it's it's not their story. It, mm. they're, you know, they're around in that time, but the the story, the narrative is about mm. Marines, big spacemen fighting other big spacemen. Mm. And then that the rule set probably benefits from that in some ways because you know, having listened to previous episode of pod on horus heresy and having like sat in a lot of conversations on discord on horus heresy it sounds like yeah it's got its issues but it also works pretty well for Mm. what it's trying to do yeah i mean i think yeah i mean any game's going to benefit from specialization so benefit it's going to benefit in certain ways isn't it it's that narratively the benefit is probably always going to be there you narrow down the problem space yeah i mean it's you know you get things like Competitive games like Underworlds and stuff. The story is always going to be playing second fiddle to the gameplay, so mm-hmm. you know that's what they're putting first there. I suppose 40k and probably Age of Sigma have a sort of a, a bit more of an odd space where they they're trying to be a lot of things to a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Um, hmm. So maybe what you wanted Gorka Morka to come back? Just orcs be orcs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, lots of buggies. Yeah, yeah. B- build all my uh, epic, recreate all my epic vehicles. Mm. Oh. oh, yeah, that's it. Ah, see, we put it around full circle. I feel like every that's one good. of these has ended up linking in, except yeah. maybe photos. Yeah. Backgrounds, backgrounds. It's the same word. Yeah. It's not the same meaning. It's the same. I, I can bit. link it into Gits. So I can link well the 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 naked uh, Britons that I got. Oh, yes, 15 mil the other day their rules uh act they're called fanatics and they act exactly the same as old night goblin oh, fanatics that they in in um in infamy the 
the sort of the local, the tribes people being invaded by the Romans. They they all deploy from uh, ambush points, but the fanatics can count other units as ambush points. So you're just minding. Also, they're basically scaven and grot at the, at one time. Because don't yeah. scaven get to come up through knot holes and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. it turns out that right. ancient Britons are scaven and rat goblins. goblins, rat goblins. I saw. I always and knew modern it. Britons. <laughs> I always knew it. I always knew. It. Great. Well, thanks, gang. Let's. Uh, Perhaps bring the ship back into the shed. Um, <laughs> hope you've uh, enjoyed recording uh, recording this and having a good chat. Um, you can find Tiny Plastic People at tinyplasticpeople.com. All over the social medias that tire, tends to be Tiny Plastic Pals. Uh, where can people find you, Drew? Um, you can find my occasionally updated instagram at drew underscore paints uh, joseph uh i too only engage in instagram and do not engage in the other social media platforms and there i am games.scholar and i also don't update very often but my pictures of goblins from mushrooms are there right now that's all people want that's the content people come for so they can identify with their hallucinogenic mushrooms yeah. or not neat uh mm. and i can be found uh in all good bookshops at TN Dines. Uh, you can email us any questions or comments, feedback, other stuff at the tiny plastic people at gmail.com. And uh, with that, I guess we're done. Thanks for listening in. And see you next time. Cheerio. Bye bye. See you next time. Bye.